Ignition sequence start. Six, five, four, three, two, one, zero. This is Ignition. Welcome to Ignition, a radio show and podcast for the new evangelization. I'm your host, Dr. Chris Bergwald. And I'm Father Andrew Dickinson. And we want to launch your own efforts to explain the Catholic faith and to invite others to live it. Before we get into today's topic, we want to remind you that we love listener feedback. So love it. If you've got questions about today's topic, if you've got ideas for future episodes of Ignition, please contact us. Father, please. there are two easy ways to do that. What? Tell our listeners how they can get a hold of us. Well, you can get a hold of us uh, at by emailing us using the address ignition at sfcatholic.org. So that's emailing us with the address of ignition at sfcatholic.org. Or you could tweet at us. Uh, the Twitter handle is at sfdiocese, S-F-D-I-O-C-E-S-E, using the hashtag ignition to filter out your tweet to the correct twerk. I don't know what, it, what are the phrases? I don't. You're the, you're the Twitter guy. No, I don't know these uh, things. I, just, I, I don't know the lingo. You used to. I do. I did. I did. Well, I'm not, I'm not, I don't think I ever used knew well, that lingo. Not that one. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. Uh, happy Easter, Father. Hey, thank you very much. We're recording this. I guess it's not Easter week. We're not in the octave anymore. Nope. S- second week of Easter, of seven. Two of seven. Long time to to eat candy. Not to be confused with three of seven. Pop culture reference, Father? Come on. Nope. Seven of nine? I was going to go seven of nine, but I don't know three of seven. Yeah, because I I was wrong there. I was just testing you. (laughs) Thanks. Uh, Never mind for those of you who have never watched Star Trek Voyager, which is probably most of you. Probably most people, (laughs) judging by the ratings. (laughs) Um, So it's Easter, so we're going to talk today, Father, about Christmas. Makes sense to me. It makes total sense to Go me. Go from one great solemnity to another. Well, I mean, uh, you know, Christmas only makes sense because of Easter. We only celebrate Christmas because of Easter. My oldest, who's a sixth grader, um, was was really um, disagreeing with the church, uh, or at least dad, um, telling her what the church says, that, that Easter is even a greater feast than Christmas. Dad, Jesus couldn't die if he wasn't born. I know that. He came to die. Pope Leo the Great. Jesus was born to die. Yeah. But but he can't die if he's not born. I know. What? But he was born in order to die. Which actually so we I got a little this, bit we, later we today. We got into this whole conversation about um, you know priority in terms of importance isn't necessarily chronological priority. Right. We didn't use those terms. but Someone had an interesting article. This is kind of still on this tangent. But just uh, that as a culture, we're much more comfortable with Christmas than we are with Easter. Right. Because oh, yeah. Christmas is something you kind of wrap your mind around. Oh, it's a birthday. Happy birthday, Jesus. But the resurrection is something completely different in that way. And it's hard to get your head around the resurrection from the dead. Right. And and my son, of course, he was just flat out completely honest. He likes Christmas better because of the presents. So yeah. That's <laughs> that's just Easter baskets don't count? This whole thing about chronology and born first, so no it's a, it's about the presents. Let's it's be about honest. the presents. So, so, but we are actually going to, t- well, not directly about Christmas, but certainly about a, uh, another solemnity in the church closely related to, chronologically speaking, definitely related to Christmas. But I don't know if, if, for those of you who, who paid attention maybe, and maybe, maybe the, the priest or deacon who preached the Good Friday homily, 
um, pointed this out, as was the case for us. But Good Friday this year fell on March 25th. Um, and for those of you who are astute to the liturgical year, normally March 25th, we're not celebrating, commemorating Jesus' death on the cross, as we did on Good Friday this year. Normally... Because, um, of course, Good Friday moves from year to year. Yes. Yeah. Well, that's always Friday. I mean... Right. It's never Good Tuesday. Good Friday on a Tuesday. Right. Right. No. But it's always Good the date, Friday. The date changes. But it does change yes. from year to year. Right. Um, the, March 25th is the Solemnity of the Annunciation which is what we're going to talk about today. Of course, it's that date because it's nine months before Easter. So normally, Father, on when, when uh, it doesn't fall on Good Friday, I always tell the kids, hey, kids, you know what today is? The Annunciation, you know what that means? Nine months from Christmas. My wife rolls her eyes. Yeah. I'm one of those people who probably would celebrate Christmas year-round if he could, in the cultural sense, you know, the tree and the music. Um, I, oh, yeah, I'm that yeah, guy. It, 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 I'm that guy. Now, does your... Do you, do you wonder maybe where your daughter thinks that Christmas is going to be Easter? I know, I know, I know. <laughs> I was just kind of going apple through my head tree, in some I way. Apple tree, I know, I know. Yeah. Um, by, which, by apple tree, you didn't mean apple trees. You no. mean apples falling not far, far from, from the, the tree. tree. Okay, precisely, just, yeah. precisely. So normally I do, we point out the, this is, and it, is, it often does fall during Lent, not during Holy Week. Um, I think all, well, yeah, except for now during Holy Week, but yeah, almost always during Yeah, Lent. I guess it probably can never fall after Easter, can it? Easter's nope. never, and never outside of Lent. Right. So oftentimes we take a little break from our penances um, and our, our Lenten observances to celebrate the Annunciation. This year, because it falls on, because it fell, because March 25th fell on Good Friday. Because Good Friday fell on March 25th? Yeah, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> either, either. I'm sorry, um, I shouldn't correct you. Because of that, the tri- because, and because of the supremacy of the Triduum, right. uh, Holy Thursday, the Lord's Supper through Easter Sunday, uh, because of that, the church actually, if it falls, if the, if the, if the Annunciation falls anytime during Holy Week, it's moved from the 25th. Not to the Monday after Easter. No, because you got the octave. We've got the octave. So right. remember, uh, if you didn't remember it this year, remember for next year, we celebrate. Yes, there's a Christmas season, 50 days long. Easter, Easter season. season. Wow. wow. Where does your daughter get it? <laughs> the Easter season is 50. I wish the Christmas season. Anyway, the <laughs> Easter season is 50 days long, uh, but we celebrate um, for eight days the octave, the eight days of Easter. Right. Uh, so, so when... As my nephew says, that means he can have candy before breakfast every day during exactly. the active. I don't know if my sister-in-law went along with that, if his mother went along with that, but my nephew was pretty convinced that but he But mom, the candy. church says this is Easter. Mom, you said it's the octave. You it's, said it's one big Easter day. Exactly. So It's one big Easter day. Yeah. Um, because of that, therefore, the Annunciation gets transferred not to the Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday after Easter, but the Monday after that. So the Monday after Divine Mercy Sunday, the second Sunday of Easter, is when we observe um, the solemnity of the Annunciation. Now, this if, if you're hearing this um, on air, it's it's April 7th or later. Um, so we already did it. It was, it was just this last week, the 4th. You missed it. You, you missed it this year. Yep. Uh, but we, we, the church but it was awesome. It was great. We continue another solemnity yet yeah. one more. Um, we, we celebrated the solemnity of the annunciation, uh, this past Monday, April 4th. Uh, so father, I just, first of all, just the, 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 first of all, good Friday, et cetera, is so important that we move this right. great feast. But secondly, this great feast is so important that it gets moved. 
Because right. a lot of times, a lot of other feasts, ignore just, the feast. Exactly. Okay, yeah, well, the, we'll pay attention to you next year, but right now we've got Trito and we've got Easter, and so we'll worry about you next year. Right. No, yeah. for the Annunciation, it actually gets moved right. uh, so that we still observe it because of, of, of the importance of this solemnity. To use the term. Why is it so important? Well, <laughs> because it's about Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> Back to this, huh? Why is it important, Father? Well, just uh, the neat. I mean, as you talked about it with your daughter, I mean, our Lord was born in order to die, right. and so again, just the Feast of Annunciation comes from Luke chapter one, verses twenty six to thirty eight, when the angel Gabriel uh, approaches uh, the Blessed Virgin Mary, betrothed Joseph, but not yet living with him, and says that you will conceive and bear a son, and Our Lady, who we understand probably had vowed some sort of virginity in her life says how can this be since i do not know a man and the angel responds back uh the power of the most high will overshadow you the child to be born of you will be called the holy the son of god who be called jesus for he will save his people from their sins and our lady says be it done to me according to thy word mm-hmm. uh and so that's what we celebrate and so it really is the nine months prior to christmas it's picked on this date on purpose um because uh, uh that's when in a sense our redemption began right right is with this uh, with Christ taking on a human flesh. Uh, and uh, we'll talk a bit more about that in a moment. Um, and so that's uh, this neat, you know, corresponding with Good Friday in that way. And also there's a historical tradition. I don't know if this is uh, something you were going to bring up that way, but uh, um, from your the Good Friday homily that you heard, but there is a historical tradition that March 25th is the actual day uh, of the actual Good Friday. Oh, right. No, that wasn't brought up. Right. Yeah, okay. I forgot that. Yeah. yeah. And so um, not only is it the nation, but it is also thought oh. to be the historical day of the actual death of Jesus. Right. Yeah. Right. And so it's interesting. So if there's any Lord of the Rings fans out there, uh, you might know that March 25th in the Lord of the Rings is the day chosen, uh, used by Tolkien in his novel, to have the final victory over Mordor when uh, Frodo uh, casts the Ring of Power into Mount Doom. I, and I did not um, remember that. Uh, I've only read it once, though. So. Yeah, but he pick, he picked it, I think, for this connection because he knows uh, that Catholic tradition of that day of victory over evil in that regard. Right. The uh, uh, Father Sean Haggerty um, is the vocations director for the diocese, um, and he's an in-residence at St. Lambert, my parish. And so he... Um, uh, Father John invited, actually, Father Haggerty, I think because he doesn't have his own parish, he asked Father John, can I preach the, can I, can I preside at the Good Friday liturgy? He, he focused on the Marian dimension uh-huh. of both of them. Mm-hmm. And you might recall our episode, yep. uh, we looked at the Mary at the foot of the cross. Yes. So, so if you heard that episode of Ignition two weeks ago. Two weeks ago. Or sometime before Good Friday, you were well prepared. Yes, exactly. So so that was his focus, the Marian dimension of both the Good Friday of, of Good Friday and the of Our Lady's consenting to and mm-hmm. cooperation with, yeah, yep. yep. So, Father, how about we we dive into you 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 read through the the thirteen verses. Um, that I in, paraphrased through them. You, you, you did. Yeah, yes, paraphrase okay. them. Uh, why don't we unpack them a little bit more, though? Sounds good. There are a number of things that you pointed out. Some things that I wanted to comment on about the passage itself, and then we'll talk about sort of the application. Sounds good. Where do you want to start first? Uh, well, you uh, you had mentioned uh, starting with a, to me a great place. How about uh, yeah? You, you, and you just changed it. So. Oh, I did. No, 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 no. It's fine. It's fine. <laughs> no, let's go with that. I like. I I didn't know what this one was. Your fir- what, what you just were making your first point. Okay, let's so, go with that. All right. So I just like talking about the name of Gabriel. Yeah, I, yeah. 
You yeah. didn't know this? No, I didn't know it. Really? No. Oh, you I don't know something about the up. Bible? This is one thing. You misspelled Kekeratomene. <laughs> so how about that? Yeah, well, I wasn't using the actual Greek. <laughs> so anyways, uh, so the meaning of the name Gabriel. So the Archangel Gabriel is the one who's sent to the Blessed Virgin Mary in the town of Nazareth. And the name <laughs> of Gabriel means the strength of God. The strength of God. And so it's just, to me, I think it's just so neat to see that the strength of God is displayed, is shown forth, not in like power and lightning and, you know, earthquakes right. and things like that, but it's shown forth in uh, a little uh, insignificant girl, unmarried, a virgin, uh, in a backwater town of a backwater country, uh, in a backward people in the eyes of the world, uh, the Roman world at that time, that that's where God's power comes. And that's where God's power and strength is displayed is in her. Yes. Mm. Does that make sense? It does. So what, what's his name again? Gabriel. What's it mean? The strength of God. The strength of God. Yeah. I, I had never heard that before. And, and to, to make the connection as you did, as you just did, um, we talk about that a lot, you know, the insignificance of the Jewish people mm-hmm. in the eyes of the world and so on. Right. But the fact that, Gabriel's name means what it does in this, particularly in the context of this moment, yeah. is, is, is astounding. Yeah, it's beautiful. So that leads to, uh, I think, your, um, well, it flows very much from your second point. Yeah, just the idea of God working in small ways. Right. You know, and, and thinking back to like First Kings and the story of Elijah, where Elijah has the vision of God on Mount Carmel. Excuse me, not Carmel, but Mount Horeb. Right. Um, and, you know, God isn't in the fire and the wind and he's in the, in the still whisper in that way. Right. Um, or like uh, Peter Kraft tells it really well where he talks about how, um, you know, God's plan at one point def- depended upon a cheap Egyptian tailor. <laughs> in the story of Joseph in the yeah. book of Genesis. That if uh, this tailor hadn't right. like skimped on his stitches, right. then the garment of Joseph wouldn't have ripped off in the hands of uh, Potiphar's wife right. when she made a pass at him, and he never would have ended up in prison, and he never would have ended up explaining dreams, and so then the uh, Pharaoh's butler never would have conveniently remembered him, uh, that he was languishing in prison when the Pharaoh was returned to good graces, or the butler was returned to good graces, and then he never would have became governor, and then he never would have saved uh, he never given counsel to the Egyptian uh, pharaoh to store grain, and the Jewish people never would have been saved Right at that point. And so just like, you know, cheap our salvation Egyptian hanging tailor. upon the, the stitching of a cheap Egyptian tailor. Yeah, hanging by a thread. Yeah, literally. Literally. And so God working in those small ways in that regard. And you can see that like if you look in the, dig into the genealogy of Jesus in the Gospel of Matthew. Right. You know, those kind of small things in that regard. You know, that's where... Um, a couple times recently I've been talking about the virtue of magnanimity, mm, yeah. greatness of soul. Yeah. So um, that that it's a virtue to desire great things, but the key there is what does greatness mean? Right. And, and I think you're just getting to that with this point that we, we ought to desire to do and we ought to do great things, but that doesn't necessarily mean big, flashy, shock and awe type No, things. it doesn't mean uh, that we, uh, great things, aspiring to do great things doesn't mean great bank accounts. It doesn't mean uh, great notoriety, great fame, uh, but yeah, the, the the greatness of our own heart and soul. Right, 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 right. Absolutely. The spiritual qualities. Yep. So I think just just to sort of frame the entire um, story of our, the unpacking of the Annunciation uh, in that way is just a good reminder of mm-hmm. the kind of God who we have. One need to also think about then the connection back to Good Friday that the victory of God is won uh, in seeming defeat. Right. Right. Absolutely. 
So, um, where next? Say that again. Where do you want to go next? Where do you, how about covenants? Covenants. All right. So, uh, why did you? You were interested in this one. Well, I was because I thought they were going to start. But this is the first one when you were sort of outlining how to unpack the passage. This was the first thing that you noted. So, <laughs> why why did you write it down? Well, just that the angel Gabriel mentions and makes reference to, especially the covenant with David. Right. Uh, and also, I think implicitly the covenant with Abraham that God would save the people of the world through uh, the descendants of Abraham. Right. Uh, and also, um, I have it written down further, but I think tied in here, like even Genesis chapter three in what some people call the Proto Evangelion, yep. the uh, uh, kind of first gospel. And that way where God seems to promise that a offspring of the woman will crush the head of the serpent. Exactly. So I, I just, th- that we see, um, and actually I was listening recently to a podcast by Bishop Barron talking about what the, the proto-evangelium, what is the first, what is the, what, the, what does the gospel mean? What is the gospel? What is the good news of Jesus Christ? Uh, and, and he just makes the great point that you have to understand the the preparation that God did throughout the Old Testament oh, in yeah. order to understand the gospel most fully right. is that you can't just tell the end of the story. No, you, you can, but it will be lost on most people. I mean, if you said to somebody, "Oh my gosh," and then Luke, and then he kills the emperor, and, and then he saves his dad, Darth Vader, people are like, "What are you talking about?" Only when you watch the beginning, episode four, five, and six. <laughs> Does does the ending of the story make sense? Yeah, that was a reference to Star Wars, if you didn't know. Yeah. Uh, and if you didn't know, that might mean that you're just turning in or just uh, turning us on. And this is Ignition, a uh, broadcast for the new evangelization with myself, Father Andrew Dickinson, and Dr. Chris Bergwald. And we talk about different things to help uh, your own uh, life of faith and being able to explain it to others. Uh, today, we're talking about the Annunciation, the feast that falls each year on March 25th, the first of the joyful mysteries of the Rosary. We haven't right. said that yet. No, we haven't said that either. And uh, from Luke chapter 1, verses 26 and following. So and so, just the, understanding the, the importance of the covenants and, and the, the, the Jesus coming, the new covenant is the sixth of, of six covenants. So understanding the five previous covenants and seeing how God was preparing um, humanity for the coming of his son makes the incarnation that much more sense. Right. So that, 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 that there's a larger story to it all. Kind of the point of St. Jerome, that ignorance of the old Testament is ignorance of Christ. Right, 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 right. So, um, so I, I just th- I think that's worth noting. Uh, what, what else father do you think with is worth noting with regard to this, the, the specifically the, the, the scriptural passage that we're looking at here? Yeah. So we, we mentioned that I think I'll maybe skip, um, uh, Genesis uh, 3, but uh, I love that talking about Our Lady's Immaculate Conception is also kind of t- contained in this gospel, and right. you hear this gospel reference when we talk about Our Lady as immaculately conceived, and it goes to the Greek word that the angel refers to her. He says that she is kerikotomine, uh, that she is full of grace, that she has a plentitude, an abundance of grace. Right, and 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 this is where... <laughs> I can't remember what the, the 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 specific name for the 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 verb form is, but it's it's past present participle. Past perfect participle. Past perfect. Yeah. You who have been fully graced right. would be the most literal translation because um, the way it's the way it's literally written 
by Luke said in whatever language by Gabriel to Mary means you who have been fully graced. So who have been and are right. But right. But the reason, so the conception, the connection with the immaculate conception is that even the grammar points to the fact that this was something that was done for you in the past and has a, and has a, and continues on today. Exactly. Right. 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 And so that's just, it's, 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 if you're ever curious about where things like the Immaculate Conception comes from, that's that's where uh, the Catholic Church has gotten it right. from the word of right. the angel Gabriel there. And I and I and we won't spend a lot of. I do want to say this though, but just Genesis three fifteen, mm-hmm. there has to be complete enmity between the woman and oh, this, yeah. and this, and which points to the Immaculate, immaculate Conception as well, right? Because if she's ever been, because when you're born under the state of sin, you're born in uh, Satan's pocket, right, so right. to speak, and so you're set free in baptism by God's grace, uh, but you were at one time under the reign, the dominion of Satan. Exactly, yep. Uh, w- one final thing, Father, maybe to talk about before we move on to sort of the application. Yeah, so just would be Mary's yes. And this leads well into the application because I think um, a lot of our application comes from this idea of Mary's yes. Sometimes it's called her fiat, not an Italian car. No. No. Uh, so her fiat is the Latin word for her yes. Right. Be, uh, fiat mihi... I'm secundum the verbum tuum. There you go. Uh, fiat mihi secundum verbum tuum. Uh, be it done to me according to your word. So at the end of this exchange and this dialogue with uh, St. Gabriel the Archangel, she eventually says, let it be done to me according to your word. So this magnanimous right. response on her part, right. a largeness of soul, right, in that way to respond to the plans of God. Right. Yep. So... Application then, Father. Yeah, so I think it's, it's a lot of the spirituality, if you will, the Annunciation. So like if you're praying that mystery of the rosary or you're reading, it's a great gospel passage to read and pray with. Um, this time of year, it's great gospel passages to pray with uh, during Advent and Christmas as well. Is uh, just how do I deepen my own yes to God mm-hmm. in that regard? And so, um, and uh I've I've been struck uh, by back in 2008 at World Youth Day in Sydney, uh, I was there, okay. and that was Pope Benedict, uh, Pope Emeritus Benedict now, and uh, he gave an introduction to the Angelus Prayer. If you don't know the what, what's the Angelus Prayer, can you describe the Angelus Prayer quick and how I'm connecting that to the Annunciation? Yeah, that's a, yeah. So the Angelus Prayer is a prayer that's traditionally <coughs> said uh, 6 a.m., noon, and 6 p.m. Um, in which the Annunciation is is prayed and commemorated and commemorated right uh not during the easter season the rest of the year it's we have the regina chaley queen of heaven but the angelus because the angel of the lord which is how this gabriel the angel of the lord gabriel was sent to the virgin mary so it's this uh, beautiful very simple short relatively short prayer that commemorates um and and which we pray with the annunciation yeah it's about the annunciation and the incarnation so Pope Benedict was introducing this prayer to uh, the young people in Sydney at the World Youth Day in 2008. And his text there, I don't know, did you look at this when I no, put it down? No. Okay, If you haven't read I really encourage you to look at it. Uh, Dr. Bergwald and listeners, it's really beautiful. It's very heartfelt. Uh, it's very it's very classic uh, Benedict in that way where you see kind of the depth of his prayer life come through. Um, and so he talks about how we're reflected upon Mary as a young woman. He's speaking to young people here, right? Mary as a young woman receiving the Lord's summon to dedicate her life to him in a particular way, a way that would involve a generous, magnanimous gift of herself, her womanhood, her motherhood. 
You know, imagine how she must have felt, apprehension, overwhelmed at the prospect that lay before her. Uh, and he talks about the angel consoling her, and uh, he talks about this as a, he refers to the covenants in his reflections. Well, I just remember hearing this, I was just so struck by how, what a great job he did introducing this prayer mm. and really inviting it to be a prayer for all young people mm. uh, in that regard. And so, um, you know, it goes on even to say like, you know, in fairy tales, you know, once you say yes, the story ends and all live happily ever after, you know, in real life, it's not that simple. Right. You know, for Mary, that yes and the consequences of that yes continued echoing out, right? You know, when Simeon prophesies that a sword, her right. own soul will pierce, that when they lose Jesus in the temple, every parent's worst nightmare. Uh, and then, of course, watching his um, crucifixion and death, right? And But how she made that yes throughout her whole life. And mm -hmm. so when you pray the Angelus, Angelus prayer, you can ask Mary to help strengthen your yes. Right. Because I mean, we've all made a yes to Jesus Christ in some way. And so in the Angelus, we uh, seek for Mary to strengthen our own yes. Right. Which is just a beautiful way to look at the Annunciation and uh, this Feast of Our Lady. Mm. So those that that the words he gave to introduce the Angelus. Yeah, he introduced okay. it, and then we did the Angelus prayer, and then afterwards he talks about where the next World Youth Day is going to be. <laughs> details, <laughs> details. But yeah, yeah. So it was just really beautiful. It's like one, two, three, four, five paragraphs. It's not okay. that long at all. Okay. So, just do an internet search for it. Probably. Yeah, just like two thousand eight Angelus World Youth Day, and you'll find it. Okay. Great. And so, what else? In terms but not of, while you're driving. Don't 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 Google search. and drive. No. Can we get money from Google if we say Google and That's drive? That's why I say internet search. So oh, okay. We'd probably have to pay them, actually, to say uh, it. Probably. You're associating <laughs> Google with your show, and you're raising the quality of your show and the prospect. You exactly. What, what, what else in terms of uh, spiritual application? Uh, just real probably. briefly, I think, for any the, anyone who's living or thinking about living a consecrated life or a celibate life, uh, the connection with this feast and your own fruitfulness of your life. So if you feel like God's calling you to consecrate a religious life, to be a celibate priest or something like that, that God can bring fruit out of virginity. Right, right, right. And to not be afraid to dedicate that and give that gift to our Lord. We all be fruitful that way. Yeah. So we've got one minute left, Father. I think one thing just to briefly touch on, the beauty um, in the church's wisdom of, mm, of the yeah. other readings included at Mass. Isaiah seven fourteen, a virgin shall conceive and bear uh, child, Psalm forty. Um, I came, the Lord, Lord's coming. But I know Hebrew, Hebrews chapter ten. Yeah. Um, you were struck by this. Yeah, just because I mean, it's it's about you know Holocaust and, obla Holocaust and oblation. You sought not yet a body. You prepared for me, and I have come to do your will. So it's, again, it's that idea of the connection between the Annunciation and Good Friday. Right, that he was born to die. Yeah, yeah. So I I think. You know, maybe for obviously again we're past it this year, but looking to next year, um, it'll be Lent. I haven't looked it up to see when it'll be during Lent next year, but we'll celebrate this. But do use that opportunity, and and we're yeah. not taking a break from Lent. Joking earlier aside, is we're just saying it really is connected to Lent and to Easter because Jesus was born at Christmas to die on Good Friday and rise again on Easter. And that wraps up this episode of Ignition. Again, email us, ignition at sfcatholic.org, or tweet at us, sfdiocese, use the hashtag Ignition with any thoughts, questions, or ideas for future episodes. And until next time, dear listeners, may Almighty God bless you, the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Thanks for listening. You can find archives of this and past episodes online at sfcatholic.org. 
click on media and then audio files. You can also subscribe to the Ignition Podcast in the iTunes store. Remember to tune in every Thursday afternoon at 2 p.m. on Lamb Catholic Radio at 91.3 FM in Hartford and 104.3 LPFM Juan Diego Catholic Radio in Sioux Falls and on 88.9 FM in Ipswich and Aberdeen or online at lambradio.com.